0: Hello and welcome to Minisode 132, Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast given a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional duo to musical things.
1: Oh, and I'm Andy Stewart, hi. How you doing? <laughs> I'm not great, Mitch, I'm not great.
0: Yeah, no, um, so we are a little bit late for the recording uh, this morning, can't imagine why.
1: Yeah, well, I, I'll tell the listeners why and, and, and why I sound uh, so kind of rattly. We decided last night that it would be a good idea to meet online and yep. watch not just Netflix Christmas original The Princess Switch, but the sequel, <laughs> The Princess Switch 2, Switched
0: Again. And with a benefit of hindsight, one was probably enough. <laughs> I would say so, I
1: would say so. I really feel that they were struggling to put a sequel together, but they somehow managed it, it's out there in the world, and I would fully expect another one next year, um, provided that Vanessa Hudgens is available, which she probably will be. But as part of that, there was a fair bit of drinking done.
0: Yeah, we did a kind of like, because we can't really give each other proper Christmas presents and hang it properly, we all bought each other our drinks Mm -hmm. for the occasion.
1: And I drank a lot, and then
0: I was sick! You sure were, friend. Um, I managed to escape that particular fate, but a good night. And um, yeah, I would say the Princess Switch. Go check that out. Princess Switch Two, only if you really want to. I feel like that was an attempt to coax franchise potential out of thin air.
1: Agreed. Absolutely agreed.
0: Outside of those things, I have managed to cram in a couple of things. Viewing. Oh, right, okay. So I've managed to get a couple of things in. Uh, I've been off work, so I just—I I think there was one day this week, I think it was Thursday, where I just kind of was like, right, I'm going to just get my viewing done right now while I was doing some other stuff. I'm just kind of in the middle of moving just now. So while yeah. I was putting things in mm-hmm. boxes and in bags and stuff like that, I, <laughs> I'm in the middle of moving again. Um, but yeah, <laughs> while I was like packing things up and stuff, um, I just shoved on a couple of films. So one of them was one I've been meaning to get to for a little while that people have been talking about for a couple of reasons, and that was uh, Jonathan Millett and Kerry Murnion's Becky. all
1: right okay yeah
0: (laughs) so uh yeah so this is a home invasion thing where we have this kind of neo-nazi prisoners who have escaped they find this family in the woods basically in a house and it's just a fairly standard issue home invasion thing that is quite grimy quite gory you've got this kind of fractured family situation where we've got lulu wilson who plays the titular becky Mm -hmm. and her dad joel McHale. he's kind of trying to get her to get along with his new partner's family Right. Uh the film kind of sows those seeds pretty well. I think that the way that, that conflict is played is pretty good. I really like Joel McHale. I find it difficult to not just see him as Jeff Winger from community and everything. Sure. But mm-hmm. um he is he is really good in this, um, I think. But yeah, we see in synchronicity with this kind of the seeds being sown of this conflict and these situations, we do see these prisoners escaping, and ultimately obviously these two paths cross in extremely violent fashion. Now what I will say is Several performances here are all really good. Um, mm-hmm. Lulu Wilson, really good. Joel McHale, great. Um, Kevin James plays the kind of head of the Nazis. Oh, right, okay. And I think that it's very easy to kind of heap praise on a generally comedic actor for doing something a bit serious when they don't have a massive amount to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case here. I actually think that Kevin James is really good in this. Um, and there is a fair amount of intimidation that he gets very right. Part of that's obviously because of his kind of physicality. Right. But it's a good performance as well, so I enjoyed this a decent amount, um, for the most part anyway. I would say that uh, as it heads towards its third act, hurdles towards it you might say, Yeah, sure. um, I feel like it loses a bit of steam and I think that it sacrifices some of its intensity and some of its believability in the name of a couple of set pieces that just feel like a bit of a leap. Hmm. Um, however... Uh, this is available to rent on Amazon just now and presumably on the other platforms as well. That's where I got it. And I like this quite a bit. And for an afternoon where basically my mission was to pack some stuff up and make a large serving of mashed potatoes, I did that with this <laughs> on in the background and it worked fine.
1: Why were well, you making so much mashed potatoes? Who is this fucking Bodger and Badger? <laughs>
0: Look, those were my those were my objectives for the afternoon: watch movies, make mashed potatoes, and pack things. And I managed all three of them. <laughs> it was so um, weird. Becky just... is out there. I, I know, I know. Becky is out there. Like I say, it goes off the rails. I would say actually in a fairly significant way towards right. the end. But a reasonable amount of goodwill in the chamber before that happens.
1: Okay, so once you had finished your giant pot of mashed potatoes, what did you watch after that?
0: Well, um, so I decanted that into eight different boxes, and then, <laughs> um, uh, now you know. I, one thing that I like to do when I have kind of free reign over what. to to watch is i like to nip onto one of the streaming platforms and catch up with things that have played at festivals sure that nice. i missed out on first time around i kind of try to have as round a knowledge as possible with things that have played at things like fright fest and cellulite screams and stuff like that so if there's an opportunity to catch up with something like that, then I will. You might remember that I looked at Double Date a couple of weeks ago. Really uh-huh. enjoyed that. So I did that this week with a film that played in London in 2019, which was uh, Abigail Blackmore's Tales yeah. from the Lodge. Oh, okay, okay. Uh-huh. Now, I remember this playing, and I remember it being a little bit of an opinion divider. So I thought that I would check it out and see which side of the line I fell on. So what you have with Tales from the Lodge is... So it's a British film, and I believe it was uh-huh. shot in Northumberland, or at least partly there. So you have these friends who are all kind of like late 30s, early 40s, who gather at the titular lodge to scatter the ashes of a friend of theirs who has killed themselves. Some familiar faces in amongst the uh, the cast here. You've got Mackenzie Crook and Johnny Vegas are the first two that spring to mind.
1: Ah, right, okay. Okay, Okay. yes, yes.
0: Mm -hmm. So they do the ashes scattering, and that's quite sad. And then they kind of head back to the lodge and they all hang out and they tell some stories, some scary stories, in a kind of are you afraid of the dark kind of way. Right. Now, in amongst your main characters here, you've got – they're all kind of like this very big established group of friends. And uh, this character, Paul, has brought his new partner, Mickey – Um, who none of them seem to take to, um, particularly, and I suppose it's one of those kind of awkward things where you see a partner trying to worm their way into a circle, and that's kind of awkward. I'm kind of, I feel like Anthology doesn't describe this exactly right, because the stories are kind of almost like a sideline to the main story. Okay, It's more wraparound than short stories, but that's fine. I actually think that that's kind of an unusual way to do it, and I'm fine with that. And the stories themselves are largely okay, I think. There's one, actually, that um, if you'd pitched to me on paper a Johnny Vegas-helmed Lost Boys homage, I would have told you fuck off, and it is actually really pretty funny. (laughs) It actually sounds like about the most unpalatable thing in the world to me, in theory. Um, So I was kind of taken aback by how much I actually enjoyed that segment. Um, Where this ultimately goes... ...is a bit of a problem for me. I am not about to speak on anyone's behalf. Right. But I think that this film and its ultimate twist and where it heads relies on a very ugly and very outdated trope that I think that the genre has largely grown up from and moved away from.
1: I seem to have something in my memory about this coming out of Fright Fest when it played...
0: Yeah, um like I say, I'm not I'm not gonna dictate what's offensive to anyone else, but I think that where this ultimately goes is really quite ignorant and really quite problematic. I think that it's uh I don't wanna dig too far into exactly how it unfolds mm-hmm. but I found the ending of this to completely erase any goodwill that the film had in the bank before that. I think that with um just mild spoiler tags on this, if you are intending on watching Tales from the Lodge then maybe skip ahead about a minute or so. But I think that the air quotes crazy gay slash trans killer thing is something that if you are going to use in a film, you have to think very carefully about the worth of that. And I don't think this film does that. I think that it's used in a very lazy and exploitative way. And I hate it.
1: Wow, yeah, that's what well, uh, that's kind of what I remember.
0: Uh the 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 third act of this is really quite hateful. I think I can't be doing with it. Um, and I think that the film is technically well made. The performances are pretty good. The humor for about the first hour or so is it's a, it's a kind of Britishness that kind of jars with me most of the time. But I completely get it. I get the appeal. I feel like this falls back on really lazy stuff that I think that we are all a bit better than now, or I would certainly hope that we are. Mm-hmm. So I can't really recommend Tales from the Lodge uh, in good conscience. For as much good work as it does do in the first hour or so, I really hated where it went.
1: Wow, that yeah, that's certainly what I remembered actually people saying about it, was that it handles that third act twist, if you like, terribly. And it's... Uh, borderline offensive
0: yeah i think that if you're going within shouting distance of any of these kinds of things and any of these kinds of issues in your film then i think that you have to think really hard about the worth of that and what you're doing with it and i understand that this all exists in a genre that's designed to challenge us and things like that but i think that this film does that in a way that feels kind of quite unearned and quite nasty shit right okay Mm -hmm. so have you been watching (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, obviously, I have something to talk about in terms of scary animals doing scary things to silly people. I'd expect no less. Yeah. Uh, but I did check out a couple of things, that, this stuff's nothing new, I mean I, I guess it kind of is because it's new as in these are uh, recent releases, or very very recent releases because they're out today if you're listening on release day. Uh, I got my hands on a couple of Arrow Video 4K titles, namely Tremors. Cool. Oh nice. And Cronenberg's Crash. Lovely. Yeah. Don't feel I need to talk particularly in depth about any of these especially but these are the first 4k titles that i've got from arrow video and yeah the quality the quality is amazing again i I would expect nothing less of from the general package that arrow put together for pretty much any title and i'm not disappointed with any of that but uh, yeah the the film quality is amazing films like tremors in 4k is just it's a whole new world (laughs) (laughs) tremors is amazing and it's one of my my favorite films growing up uh so is crash crash is a stunning piece of cinema But yeah, it was a good post day. Sounds like
0: it, yeah yeah yeah. And both of those things are available today, did you say?
1: Yes, they're both out today.
0: Excellent, okay. So, moving on. Yeah!
1: Oh, we're going wild again,
0: Mitch. Sure are. Uh, what flavour of wild are we going this week?
1: Um... (laughs) I was going to say aquatic, but it's not really, because this creature can also exist on land. For it is... crocodile. (laughs) Okay, right, what film
0: was this? I went back to 2009 and watched Rogue. Ooh, okay, I haven't seen this one. Uh, I was going to say tell me about it. I mean, what contrivance leads to an alligator terrorising people?
1: Quick synopsis? Sure. When a group of tourists stumble into the remote Australian river territory of an enormous crocodile, the deadly creature traps them on a tiny mud island, with the tide rising quickly and darkness descending. As the hungry predator closes in, they must fight for survival against all odds. Now... This has Radha Mitchell and Sam Worthington in it.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. Also, just want to say as well, young Mia Wazakowski in here. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, I felt the film was kind of pulling its punches early. Those with the, the, the kind of giant crocodile action because people were just, like, vanishing off screen and that was kind of the end of that. Like, there was no... Uh, like, I, I didn't feel weighty. It felt like there was no real impact to what the crocodile was doing apart from some people were a bit sad that their family members were missing. Sure. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But towards the end, you get a fair amount of crocodile and it. doesn't look terrible. I mean, I've seen some things recently where I've not been massively won over by the, the look of the crocodile. Like, um, as much as I like the pool, I didn't feel uh, yeah, that yeah. The, the crocodile in it looked particularly great a lot of the time, and, and okay. for the film that this is, the crocodile looks fine. It's one of those films as well like, where characters meet so briefly, and then yeah. one character will put his entire life on the line. To hunt down a crocodile's nest in the hope that he can save someone who he's literally just met, who he he has no idea if they're alive or dead. All he has seen is them being dragged away under the water by a giant crocodile. It just it always annoys me that that people would do that, like, because I would just assume, right, that person's fucked. That's them dead. Like, I don't see any way back. But yeah, it's a uh, it's silly. The crocodile is enormous to the point of being laughable. Um, <laughs> it's, it, good. Yeah. it's very silly, rogue. It's on a lot of the streaming platforms. I watched it on Amazon
0: Prime. Uh you'll get it there. Cool. Okay. Another successful week on the side quest, then moving on. Doo do, 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 do. What have they been saying? Feedback time then, unsurprisingly, we have had a lot of chat about us finally covering Frankenhooker.
1: Yeah, yeah, rounding out that uh, Hen and Lotter trilogy there.
0: Yeah, following on from Brain Damage and Basket Case, finally got around to Hooker with the aid of Lauren Ashley Carter last week. Big thank you to her for joining us this week.
1: Yeah, that was, that was excellent. And Lauren was a great guest.
0: She really was, yeah. Um, and a few people getting in touch with thoughts on both the episode and uh, the film itself. Andre Martins, Callerhan, *Frankenhooker* is a perfect example of schlocky B-movie fun, in my opinion. And it's not nostalgia speaking to me either. I watched it for the first time earlier this year. Andre, always take a little bit more out of those opinions when you don't have that nostalgic lens to look at, back at things through. I had the same thing. Obviously, I watched it for the first time for the show and Obviously. I thought it was great as well. Naturally, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, sticking with Frank and Hooker, I've got Saltired Popcorn, Kevin Matthews, at Saltired Popcorn on the, the Twitter there, saying superb stuff. And I think Lauren is as bad at self promotion as I am, which is saying something. Trepanning, exploring super crack, <laughs> and taking delight in hearing Lauren say wee body parts. Another great episode. <laughs>
0: stuff Um, Laura Byron also getting in touch uh, on Twitter saying listening as a break from work ordered the Arrow Blu-ray happy Christmas to me seen it a few times but not recently and will always be loving the extras (laughs) oh new person alert here I think okay yeah yeah we've got Graham at Sir Twinbeard yes I think that Graham possibly found his way to the show because he is a fan of Lauren's work
1: I believe that is the case Graham saying out for a walk listening to Strong Violent PC and what a great thing it is The three of you are so funny. Lovely start to the day. I'm grinning from ear to ear. Please, can Lauren be your guest in every episode? I mean, she can certainly come back. She can certainly come back. Um, What I would say to that, though, is, Lauren, if that's something that you're considering, please know that this is an awful time drain.
0: (laughs) Yeah, don't take that decision lightly. (laughs) Uh, Do you have anything else on Frankenhooker before we move on?
1: Fucking loads.
0: Okay, fire away.
1: Andrew Barron, then, on Facebook, saying, I would wager the phrase purple areola there has never been said by another human being in the history of language. Or if it has, it certainly hasn't been uttered with the same throwaway nonchalance that Andy said it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, fair enough.
1: (laughs) I really like that. Chris Skelp achieving a strong language violence scene's double bill so far this weekend, watched The Gate and and Frankenhooker and then listened to both episodes. Had fun with them all, The the Hooker episode was especially entertaining. Loved the fact that Lauren has seen the film multiple times and never noticed that Zorro took a cab to New Jersey. <clears throat> At the point he flagged it down, I did wonder what crazy cab driver would be cruising for business in that area. And sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely fair. And Darren Gaskill saying, This is a strong contender for my favourite episode ever.
0: Oh wow! Okay, cool.
1: Mm, a lovely, warm, and funny chat about a film, I think, is great. And I don't know if anyone else out there makes the word "motherfucker" sound as oddly sweet as Lauren does.
0: Ah, oh, that's nice, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that <laughs> is nice. <laughs> Thanks for getting in touch, Darren. Uh, moving on then from Frank and Hooker. am I okay to do that? Am I you group?
1: are okay to do that now, much. You have my permission to proceed.
0: Excellent, lovely. Um, was well, a quick look at Danny Morgan getting in touch uh, this week. Danny Morgan eighty three on Twitter, who is the writer and star of Double Date. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, who heard us talking about the film the other week and just got in touch saying uh, thank you and just that you checked the episode out and was glad that we enjoyed it. I think we should get Danny on the show. I'm going to ask him.
1: Right, do that. fire away
0: uh elsewhere want to take a quick look at what's going on in the Chudlocker. yeah
1: i would also like that
0: um so this has again been a kind of thriving space for bad film chat this week so big thank you to everybody that's been getting in touch i'm not going to go through all of it um but i do kind of just kind of like hitting on key points um want to say hello to andrew barron because he brought to our attention this week a film that is streaming on prime called fever lake Okay. And he uh, sold it to me very convincingly by saying if you're in the mood for lines such as a man murdered his wife then turned the axe on himself, look no further than Fever Lake.
1: <laughs> I am uh, 100% on board and I am adding Fever Lake to my Amazon watch list as we speak.
0: Yes, I think that um, I think that genuinely if you're going to sell me with one line of dialogue that's possibly the most convincing thing you could possibly have said. Absolutely delighted. Also want to say hello to Stephen Wales, who got in touch and had a couple of recommendations, uh, more recent films uh, that are also showing on Amazon Prime at the moment. Dead Body 2017, a group of people in a remote cabin play a parlor game that turns deadly. He said, it's so obvious who the killer is in this that I'm sure even Mitch could figure it out early on. Still reasonably <laughs> solid with a couple of interesting twists. And also Island Zero, residents of a small island one star getting picked off by an unseen predator. Um, he pitched this to Andrew Barron, James Duffy and Stevie Reeve, I'm who sure. have earned the name The Musketeers of Shite. Yep, yep, that was me. I coined that. Yes, uh, that's carried, that's stuck.
1: Oh, right, lovely, um, lovely. Maybe Stevie- we'll get some shots made.
0: Yeah, Stephen cited that um, in his intro. He said that this was uh, he pitched it directly to the Musketeers, um, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, So that's about it for me, I think, in terms of feedback this week, apart from feedback of a very specific persuasion. So if you have anything Mm -hmm. else, by all means, bring it home.
1: Um, Just the only other thing I've got is Dan Popomatic getting in touch to say, has anyone done Cemetery Man on the podcast yet, or is it just too good? Um, To me, it is very good. I love it.
0: Um, Yeah, I think that it's been on a couple of people's suggestion list when Mm -hmm. um, we've been kind of having conversations with guests before they come on and things like that. I think that um, it's been part of the conversation and never kind of made the cut. But I would actually also make the contention that it is possibly too good as well because I watched it as part of the Shockwaves 100 and I actually just thought it was legitimately absolutely superb. So, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it is kind of like, it's kind of high concept and ridiculous enough for it, but it's also just a very good film.
1: Yeah, I I would say that... If anything, Cemetery Man or Della Delamore could maybe do with some more eyes on it, and it's certainly it's av- av- available on Amazon Prime right now. Uh,
0: so I would suggest you watch it, definitely. Yeah, very, very accessible. Definitely get on that. Um, but if we're done with feedback, then I guess it's time for this part.
1: <sighs> now I'm going to try and do this without immediately vomiting.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you have to? <laughs> It is once again time, of course, for Mitch's Pictures. Mitch's Pictures is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He'll have photoshopped out the title and the tagline and leave only the image. Now, it will fall to me to describe the image to the best of my ability and give it a title and a synopsis. After which, of course, we'll share it everywhere on our social media platforms so you guys can get your pictures in as well. Now, a fair few of you did that this week. Um, Just a handful uh, coming in. And um, I enjoyed them all, so quite happy to just dig into everything that we got in. Um, It was The Rift last week, uh, reappropriated disastrously by me as uh, Journey to the Fallopian Dystopia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if you've got a note of this, but uh, I noticed Tony Constantinou had listened to the minisode and he came back saying he was surprised that you didn't uh, title it In Horse Space. (laughs) <laughs>
0: so that, yeah, I was gonna mention that. Yeah, very good. Um, Tony, even when he's not pitching, turning up and making my one better. <laughs> but yeah, a few people getting in touch with uh, pitches of their own this week, including Lauren Ashley Carter herself. Born with the voice of an angel but the face of a fetus, Ferry driver Eurin <laughs> Angus hasn't got a chance on Earth to become a star. But when his Ferry collides with a cruise ship of mutant underwater talent scouts, his dream just might come true. With original music by Billy Joel, tribute to some Billy and Joel. Mickey Rourke is fetus face. Say what you say. (laughs) Mickey Rourke. I mean, why not? Want to say hello also to uh, James Rodriguez?
1: Ah, hello James.
0: After disobeying his commanding officer, veteran soldier E. Wrecked Knob is transferred to an underwater base. Manning the station is just one person Scientist Moist Pan Tease He's really phoning this in send this week, I think What they believe will be a mind-numbing waste of time Becomes anything but As they cross paths with a giant alien head Whose name unfortunately translates to Gash Scratcher Asking for help, Gash is pregnant With a child of the man who'll fuck anything, Charlie Sheen Gash needs protection As drug-addled zombies have followed Intent on feasting on the cocaine-infused genes of the child Can the team destroy the zombie and protect the child? What will Charlie Sheen fuck next? Find out in the 1988 film that will get sued out of its asshole, Charlie and the Baby-Making Factory. (laughs) CP Buckley, next. Ah, yes. Best character name contender in here for me. When Chip Hardman is called by one of his great-great-grandfather's friends, Redmond Church, to investigate a secret underwater (laughs) city, he gets more than he bargained for when he and Evelyn Ville visit the site. And find what they believe is a mass grave. Soon though, they find that it is in fact a testing site for the Google Disney Corporation's secret underwater dumping site for their failed experiments. Ooh. Soon they are in a fight for their lives to escape the Disney Zombie Experience TM and the failed Google AI venture, Ultramind. Now the pair must fight <laughs> to escape and figure out why Redmond sent them there. The secret they find may change the future forever. It's the nineteen ninety-six underwater future shocker sequel, The Hardmind Legacy 2, Exploring the Hard Depths.
1: Wow, okay. <laughs>
0: Tony Constantine, when salty, sinister superbrain Hydrocephalus returns with his army of sentient seaweed assassins to enact his deadly revenge by stealing the MacGuffin Matrix from super secret CIA Sea Lab 7, it's once again up to billionaire marine biologist Marie Biologist to assemble her subnautical super squad and save the day in director Luigi Cannelloni's Underwater Blastronauts 3 Brain on the Water. Wow. Pretty good. And Bill Carr wrapping things up this week. A super intelligent, betentacled, two-eyed broody sea vulva is on the the prowl in the fjords of Norway. (laughs) It's the last thing that Alexei the Finn and Tufty Skarsgård expect to see if they try their hands (laughs) at the new new Scandinavian craze of sub-aqua clay pigeon shooting. (laughs) The creature they encounter is not on the pill and seeks impregnation. (laughs) Neither Alexei nor Tufti is ready for fatherhood despite Norway's first class childcare benefit system so (laughs) begins an afternoon they'll never forget. In Sperm Berserker Marauding Growler of the Deep
1: (laughs) Sperm Berserker?
0: Sperm Persaka Marauding Growler of the Deep, yeah.
1: Well that's a bad new band name sorted and our first album title.
0: Yeah, easy as that. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um that's that's your lot for pictures this week. Um wow. Best pitch and best character name, please, while you uh, recover. Best
1: character name's a toss up between Luigi Cannelloni mm-hmm. and Charlie Sheen, because that's just preposterous. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go with Luigi Cannelloni.
0: Okay, it's Tony then.
1: Yep, and it's got to be Bill for the best pitch again. That that's that was sensational.
0: I think that Bill's detailed, orientated approach to pitching um, kind of very much speaks to me. <laughs>
1: yeah, I imagined it would.
0: Yeah, uh, big, well done then to uh, Tony and Bill, and also to James Rodriguez for a run in a close second. Nothing winging its way to you guys this week, but it's my turn now.
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm just going. It's Christmas again, and just. All the way up to the, the end of the year, nothing's the nothing's on the house. Everyone gets nothing again.
0: Ah, oh, look at that. Okay, cool. So the prizes are in name only. Certainly a formality. Everyone gets nothing. Yep, lovely. Uh, okay, yeah, it's your turn. Okay, what you got for me?
1: It should be winging its way to you now.
0: Okay, is it festive? It sure is. Yeah, yes, it is. Oh wow. Okay. Jesus Christ. I wonder what film this is. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Do the, you know what it is? There's no border. What do you know? No, I don't know. Okay. I'm just gonna carry on, right? Okay. So there's no border to this image. The background is black. Uh huh. In the background of the main image, we see what looks like kind of like maybe like one large house or some terraced housing.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: Um, with Christmas lights or fairy lights kind of draped across basically every available space that isn't a window. Right. Okay. There are a couple of trees, kind of like uh, on the other side of the road, if you like, from that that are forming this kind of arch. And standing in the archway is somebody wearing a Jason Voorhees-style hockey mask. Okay. Uh, It's also wearing a kind of uh, orange or red jacket and a kind of blue body warmer on top of that. Um, Also brandishing a chainsaw and staring ominously into camera slash at the viewer. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's too much more to say about it than that, apart from the fact you can also see a full moon and some stars in the night sky. Um, But yeah, uh, Jason Voorhees-looking guy wielding a chainsaw, uh, stands in a kind of tree archway in front of some festively decorated buildings.
1: Yep, yep, I'll take that.
0: Okay, um, I will need a moment because I have a very stupid idea brewing and I'd like to uh, flesh it out to its full potential.
1: Take all the time you need. Okay. I legitimately thought that you were going to get what this was immediately when i sent it to you i am surprised that you didn't but then maybe i'm not it is you
0: well i mean like i i like my assumption is that it's a friday the 13th movie but i've only seen the ones that we've done for the podcast so i don't know if any of them are set christmas
1: (laughs) your uh, assumption is wrong
0: Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, I've actually, um, I've actually, I've taken one detail and extrapolated as I sometimes do. And I, I, I'm, so
1: just before you do this as well, Mitch, I've got to be honest that I've slightly wrong footage you here with this image. Um, okay. But we, we can, we we'll get to that.
0: <laughs> did you did you Photoshop a Jason mask onto someone? <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Okay, here we go. Twenty years after the events of the original film. Sally Hardesty has recovered from her terrifying ordeal and is living a life of quiet seclusion working as a school in El Paso. Tasked with her annual job of organising the school's famous nativity scene, she works late one night and to her horror, members of staff turn up dismembered and with their skin sawn off in various areas of the school. Sally's worst fears are confirmed, Leather faces back, and to throw the authorities off the scent, he's stolen the identity of another infamous serial killer. As the list of victims grows longer and the skin-shaving intensifies, what starts as a deadly fight for survival soon becomes a deadly fight for survival as she must face off once again with a familiar foe sporting an unfamiliar face. Deck the halls with piles of bodies this Christmas in 1994's cross-universe mindbender, the Texas Jason Saw Massacre, a flay in a manger. <laughs> skin-shaving doesn't sound bad are scared of, but yes. Anyway, I am. Um, uh, I obviously I picked up on one detail and turned that into a very stupid thing. I am mm-hmm. very curious to know what the actual answer is to this. What year did you say? Nineteen ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. I had to. I had to set it sufficiently, distanced from the events of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. Right. Well,
1: prepare yourself for my confession here. Okay. This is not a poster.
0: Okay. Right. Okay. I would say I would admonish you for that, but also I don't think that the point of this is ever for me to correctly guess the film, so I don't really mind. But um, what did you actually do here then?
1: What I've done here is this is actually a T-shirt design by Christopher Lovell, which is available on Fright Rags right now. Um, <laughs> okay. But I thought it was sufficiently close to a, a kind of horror movie poster that it might work and it, as it turns out. It has indeed. However, the film is not a horror film. Right, okay. The film is 1989's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation
0: Fuck off <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's amazing um, That's amazing, that's a very good That That is actually, um, appropriately a very good lampoon, so well done Yeah. Would you like a synopsis? Of course I would
1: Coming at you from Rob Harthill on
0: IMDb Okay, lay it on me Rob
1: It's Christmas time and the Griswolds are preparing for a family seasonal celebration. But things never run smoothly for Clark, his wife Ellen, and their two kids. Clark's continual bad luck is worsened by his obnoxious family guests, but he manages to keep going, knowing that his Christmas bonus is due soon.
0: That's it. Wow, okay, cool. I actually haven't seen this.
1: Yeah, that's why I... I, 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 I was concerned when I when I sent it and at first when you were like, oh, I wonder what the film is. <laughs> I was like, oh.
0: Oh no, I wasn't being sarcastic. That was just my usual naive childlike wonderment. Yeah, yeah.
1: Never change, Mitch. Never change. And as for me thinking that you would know what it was, I should really know myself better and in fact know you better.
0: Yes, very foolish. That concludes Witches Pitches for this week. That image is everywhere. I am very excited to see what you guys come up with for this one. Um, (laughs) I think that this um, is an absolute hive of potential. Very, very interested to see what you guys uh, throw our way. Of course, it'll be a little while before we can uh, take a look at them, but yeah, looking forward to that. Turn that attention then to the streaming platforms this week, and again, because we won't be around next week, this is a little bit longer than usual because I have just done it to the end of the year.
1: Oh, fucking hell, Okay.
0: (laughs) Like so, nobody misses a trick between now and twenty twenty one. Amazon Prime on Tuesday we have the Matrix trilogy coming in its entirety.
1: Okay, cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, on Wednesday we have season five of The Expanse, which has just like yeah quietly ticked up to five seasons with like massive critical acclaim without really registering on my radar at all. But um, yeah, it's back on December sixteenth. Hundreds of years in the future, things are different than what we're used to. After humans have colonized the solar system and Mars has become an independent military power, that is certainly different to what we're used to. That's a yeah. fair synopsis. <laughs> Rising tensions between Earth and Mars have put, things on the, uh, put them on the brink of war. On uh, Friday the eighteenth, another film that needs no introduction: The Terminator. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, Sky Cinema on Thursday the seventeenth got The Bay of Silence. Will believes his wife Rosalind is innocent of their son's suspected murder, only to discover the devastating truth behind her past links to another unsolved crime, and potentially the most horrific of all. On Boxing Day, coming to Sky Cinema, Cats. <laughs> That's
1: true. Fucking horror.
0: Yes, if you want a real nightmare fuel this Christmas, uh, there's your answer. Uh, Netflix then, on Monday we've got Blackwater Abyss. While exploring a cave system in northern Australia, five friends find themselves fighting to survive rising water levels and a murderous creature. Also got season one of Sweet Home, Uh, that's coming on Friday, as humans turn into savage monsters and wreak terror. One troubled teen and his apartment neighbour fight to survive and hold on to their humanity. December 23rd got The Midnight Sky. In the aftermath of a global catastrophe, a lone scientist in the Arctic races to contact a crew of astronauts with a warning not to return to Earth. Mm. December 27th, one of the films called Escape Room comes to Netflix. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I believe it's Adam Robert L's one, yeah. Um, six strangers use their wits to survive a series of deadly mystery rooms that cater to their worst fears or die trying. <laughs> oh,
1: this is very silly. This is very silly because I went through a phase, if you remember, uh, f- frequent listeners may remember, that I intended to watch this and I watched two other films called Escape Room before I actually got to this one.
0: Yes, uh, strong effort. Um, Also, uh, we have got Season 1 of Equinox landing on December 30th, haunted by visions after her sister vanished with her classmates 21 years previously. Astrid begins an investigation that uncovers the dark, eerie truth. Also on December 31st, we've got the concluding part of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Part 4. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Vigil, a former member of Brooklyn's Sicilian Jew community, reluctantly agrees to keep vigil for a recently deceased man, but encounters a demonic spirit. And one that I've seen people talking about a little bit. And um, when the trailer came out, a spree comes to Netflix oh, yeah. on thirty-first mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yeah, apparently this is really good.
0: Yeah, thirsting for social media fame, that eludes him, a ride-sharing driver live-streams a killing spree from his car in this satirical horror film. Shudder's got your back as well with a few things. Uh, on Monday, we've got S. Craig Zaler's Bone Tomahawk oh fun yeah this is intense but i like it quite a bit four men set out in the wild west to rescue a group of captives from cannibalistic cave dwellers that's kurt russell patrick wilson matthew fox and richard jenkins
1: Mm -hmm.
0: also monday got blue my mind Uh, that's blue is in the color when mia plunges into a wild teenage rebellion and an attempt to cope with things her body begins to change oddly she tries to numb herself with sex and drugs but soon transforms into the being which has slumbered within her for years Thursday, a strong Shudder premiere inbound. R&B The Pale Door. Ah yeah, hmm. After a botched train robbery, two brothers leading a gang of cowboys must survive the night in a ghost town inhabited by a coven of witches. Couple more, got a creep show holiday special the week before Christmas, Friday the 18th. Uh, Is this animated again? You know I'm not sure actually, I didn't see a mention of that in the press. It's uh, just the one story, this time an hour-long special. The story is called Shapeshifters Anonymous and it stars Anna Camp from Pitch Perfect, written and directed by Greg Nicotero. Okay and a couple on the 21st of december to wrap up so don't hang up an evening of drunken prank calls becomes a nightmare for a pair of teenagers when a mysterious stranger turns their own game against them with deadly consequences which sounds a bit like when a stranger calls and meets roadkill to me. okay uh-huh.
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: and i lose flowers of evil el senor the leader of a small cult in the mountains returns to the village with a child purporting to be the new messiah but when only pain and suffering befall the community his followers begin to question him That's your lot for uh, the streaming platforms between now and the end of the year. My pick might be Bone Tomahawk of those, I would say.
1: I've heard really good things about Blue My Mind and Spree, but if I have to give a, a recommendation for things that I've actually seen at this point, it's probably going to have to be Bone Tomahawk or The Terminator. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah that's reasonable uh, but loads of stuff to be uh, getting stuck into there actually i would say like a surprising amount for this type of year mm, yeah, um mm. dropping over the next couple of weeks so that's good stuff so all that's left to do then is turn our attentions to this week's show now regular listeners will know that It is our final episode of the year, and Mm -hmm. that, of course, brings with it the Andy and Mitch Christmas special, which will obviously be happening under slightly unusual circumstances this year, but we're still going to go for it.
1: Yeah. Now, let me just give you a bit of background here. I originally Mm -hmm. had chosen Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Yes. However, I decided that because the majority of the film is made up of flashbacks to things that happen in Silent Night, Deadly Night, and we just did an episode on that,
0: that it might feel a little bit like treading old ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's fair. That's not to say that we won't do Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 in the future at some point, but yeah, I, you made that point to me and I thought that that was a fair shout. Um, so yeah, we're going to postpone doing that one.
1: Yeah. What I really wanted to do was Deadly Games, aka Dial Code Santa Claus,
0: but you can't get it anywhere
1: here. Vinegar okay. Syndrome have just put it out, or they've just announced certainly that it's coming out on 4K, but that hasn't happened yet, I don't think, and it's certainly not easy to get your hands on. So I parked that one as well, and, and until the day, the the wonderful day that I can only dream of when Vinegar Syndrome get a streaming site together.
0: Oh my god, could you imagine? Ugh,
1: that would be amazing, that would be absolutely incredible. Um. So what I did was I picked a couple of other Christmassy films that I was thinking of that I had in my brain, and chucked little bits of paper into a hat and drew one out myself. And the okay. film that I chose was 2005's Santa's Sleigh, with
0: American footballer turned wrestler Bill Goldberg outstanding i haven't seen this but uh everything about that sounds like a good call i'm gonna hazard a guess that slay is spelled s-l-a-y
1: you're quite correct bitch you're quite correct this is available to rent on amazon prime so it is
0: accessible Okay, so if people want to join in ahead of the episode, you've got the opportunity to do that. So, the subject of our third annual Strong Language and Violent Scenes Christmas special is 2005's Santa's Sleigh. Yep.
1: Yeah. and then before we cannonball into our kind of outro and our socials and all that stuff, just a quick mention that this Friday coming at 9pm, we're back with our pals at Soho Horror Film Fest.
0: Yeah, Mitch Harrod has packed in yet another horror film festival between now and the end of the year. Remarkable stuff. Uh, that is happening next weekend. If you haven't checked out any of these yet, they've all been brilliant. Um, mm, and I'm sure stuff. that this one will be no different. But yeah, this Friday at 9pm, we are uh, hosting a Zoom watch along with Mitch of 1989's Elves.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, this is available everywhere. This is available. There's a pretty good quality version on YouTube, in fact. So uh, you can find it there. Uh, if you want to pay for it, you're more than welcome to do that, I wouldn't advise it in this case, but you're more than welcome <laughs> to uh, but yeah, that's Friday at 9 o'clock on Zoom, keep your eyes on at Soho Horror Fest on all the, the social media places to find out how that's going to work and the best way that that's going to get put together, that's obviously down to Mitch, we'll just be there watching a film and having a couple of beers and oh, oh, even thinking about beer, Mitch just gave me the gack a little bit there, maybe I'll be having yeah. some I don't know, some, a glass of Pepto-Bismol
0: yeah, so our last official episode of the year is this Friday, and of course, our last piece of business will be Soho Horror Fest on the Friday evening of this week. So, join us for either of those things if you can. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, loads of ways to do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us at Strong PC. You can email stronglanguagefanglance scenes at gmail.com and you can of course interact with other listeners on the ever expanding Facebook group, the Child Locker. Yep,
1: yeah, and patrons fear not because although we'll be gone from the main feeds, we will not be gone from your feeds. We will be doing some patron only stuff over the next kind of few weeks up till the end of the year. And there may be some surprises coming for everyone really, not just for the patrons. And actually I just want to say one thing again to everyone who has joined us on Patreon this year. Thank you so much. This has been really lovely so far, and yeah, thanks for sticking with us, and thanks for giving us your not just your time, but your money.
0: Yeah, and uh, we will have somebody to thank on that score uh, very soon indeed, but in the meantime, we are back this Friday, talking Santa's sleigh for our Christmas special. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of churps. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Hey guys, just want to step in really quickly and say a quick thank you to somebody joining us on Patreon this week.
1: Yeah, yes, Stephen Wales. Musketeer of shite, proponent of all films terrible.
0: Yep, Photoshop master.
1: <laughs> of course, yeah, he's the man who steps in whenever you have to give me a fucking Andy's pitch thing to do.
0: You know, he's actually been in touch with me lately and I have an Andy's pitch in the chamber. I have one ready.
1: Well, let's kick start the new year with that.
0: Yeah that sounds good to me First Minnesota of the year We can start with that That sounds good But Stephen Huge thank you Just in general For being such a great supporter Of what we do But uh, thanks for stepping up And joining in on Patreon as well And if the rest of you guys Want to do that Take a look It's patreon.com Slash strong language Violent scenes See you guys later
1: Cheers guys Thank you so much You've been listening to Strong language and violent scenes With Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain Strong language and violent scenes Theme by Mitch Bain Production and artwork By Andy Stewart Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.